Gospels from the Word and Story podcast for the lectionary text, the gospel text from the lectionary, January 26th, 2020. It's the third Sunday after Epiphany, and I probably need to apologize. Uh, I think last week, there may or last two weeks ago, there may have been some technical issues and may not have been able to hear anything. I didn't preview it before I posted it, so I apologize for that immensely. So the text this week, uh, hopefully I got everything taken care of this week. The text this week is from Matthew 4, 12 to 23, so we'll read that text and then we'll, um, from the New Revised Standard, and then we'll talk about it. There's a lot of meat in here, a lot of background information that that leads a lot, uh, gives us a lot of meat uh, for sermon this week. So Matthew 14, 12 to 23. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that, when, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. Thanks be to God. So we open this text uh, and Jesus announces, or Matthew announces, that John has, John the Baptist has been arrested. So this is a, this this word, arrested, um, uh, carries the weight of, of um, uh, being put in prison. Um, it's the same word that is used of Jesus when he's arrested. And so in this, Matthew will eventually tie the beginning of Jesus's ministry with the end of John's ministry and they end essentially in the same way with execution. And so everything in there, everything in between is the ministry of Jesus. This is the 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 kingdom of heaven coming near. And so when John the Baptist had been arrested, Jesus withdrew to Galilee. That word with withdrew or withdraw 
it's been used several times in, in Matthew already, and it's always used in a negative sense. And in this case, that negative sense is the arrest and what would become the ultimate execution of John the Baptist. And so that's where Jesus goes to. Verse 13 gives us a little bit more detail. He left Nazareth and, and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the te- uh, territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. Um, Zebulun and Naphtali were two of the northernmost tribes of Israel. The way of the sea was the primary trade route to get from Egypt to Syria, and it was heavily traveled. So, uh, in Zebulun and Naphtali, fulfill the scripture from Isaiah 9, 1 through 2, and Matthew quotes that in verse 15 16. Now, it's, it's interesting to note where Jesus starts. So, he goes to the ter- territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, the northernmost the northernmost area of Israel uh, was surrounded by Gentiles on three sides. Those non-Jewish populations surrounded Israel on three sides. That area had a heavy Gentile influence from the travelers who had the trade uh, travelers on the trade route to the Gentiles that lived around them. And that's where Jesus sets up command central for his ministry. Talk more about that in a little bit. It says that Isaiah 9, 1 and 2, as Matthew quotes it, that the land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. And so this region is, is so Gentilian That's almost not Jewish. And so Jesus, Jesus did go first to the Jews. But he displays an incredible openness to Gentile interaction. And we actually see that when a woman, a Gentile woman comes and begs for help for her child. And this reflects the, 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 the intention of the original covenant with Abraham that included Gentiles. And so Jesus is making that point. And Capernaum becomes his home base. Uh, Matthew would later say that Capernaum, Chorazin, and Bethsaida were the cities where most of his miracles took place. So most of his work, according to Matthew, took place in what some call the evangelical triangle these three cities where Jesus spent most of his time and Capernaum is a is a Gentile frontier town or a Galilean frontier town the the area had been since the occupation of Assyria, somewhere around 722, a huge influence 
And the, the Jewish folks in this area, according to Isaiah 9, were called people sitting in darkness. Those Jews who awaited deliverance while living among the Gentiles. And it was here where the darkness was was the most dense and the people were so removed from the religious life of Israel. And this is where Jesus starts his ministry. They got the light first. The light has dawned for those who sat in the region and where the shadow of death lived. And that says a lot about how we are to do ministry and and the people we should be interacting with, doesn't it? Verse 17 is a transition. He set up his camp, he set up his headquarters, he set up his command center, and at that point he began to proclaim, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, or has come near. It's the same message, um, essentially, that John the Baptist preached. So the preparations for ministry, for the Messianic ministry are over, and Jesus begins to proclaim and embark on his ministry. This is the launch pad for Jesus. Now, back in the day, everybody had their understanding of what the kingdom of heaven would look like, what would happen. And when when people heard Jesus say that the, the kingdom of heaven is near, they expected Jesus to inaugurate the kind of kingdom kingdom associated with their hopes. In some cases, it was for the Messiah to rule and cast out the Roman intruders. It was for wholeness. It was for a return to peace. Whatever the people had in mind as to what the kingdom of heaven might mean, that's what they heard, that's what they associated with Jesus' message. But as Jesus lives out his message and lives out the mission, what we find through the Gospels is that people are forced to make a decision. They have to adjust their assumptions to him and thus follow him or be against him. And that's what we'll see over the next 40 some odd weeks as we look through Matthew. Now, I, I, I want to make a point here because it's going to it's going to kind of affect the next few verses. When when Jesus launches his ministry here, it's it's not just after he's been baptized. Matthew positions it Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. He went out into the wilderness uh, for 40 days, 40 nights. And then John is arrested and Jesus starts his ministry. Some scholars think that that time frame between Jesus' baptism and Jesus' launch is somewhere around a year. So anywhere from 
three or four months to a year, Jesus has been waiting and preparing, continuing to prepare. And in that, he's he's already, according to John, John 1, he is he's already, in essence, met these next four people. And they already consider him the Messiah. That was last week's text, which sickness and Ill- illness caused me to miss. And I apologize for that. So just keep in mind that this is not, even though Matthew positions it this way, this is not how it likely went down chronologically or historically. So Jesus begins to walk by the Sea of Galilee. He intersects and interacts with two sets of fishermen. The first are Peter and Andrew, who is called, uh, or Simon and Andrew, who's called Peter. They cast a net into the sea, uh, and their net was a casting net. It was 20 to 25 feet, uh, either in diameter or uh, long, like in a rectangle, had weights on the end of it. They would toss it into the to the sea. It would the weights would cause it to descend to the to the bottom. It would trap any fish in its path. They would scoop that up and they would bring it in. John and James and John had boats and they likely used a different kind of net. That net was likely up to a hundred feet long. It would stretch between two boats. The 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 bottom part of the net would would have weights on it. It would sink to the bottom, and they would, in essence, uh, get. Uh, the, there were three or four different layers, so the fish couldn't really tell. They would get the fish would get entangled in the net as the boats moved forward. They would the boats would come together, and the fish would be wrapped up, and they would take it. Um, then gather the fish up, take it to market. And um, whereas Peter and and Andrew were primarily solo fishermen, James and John were uh, worked for their dad who had a business. There were other boats. There were um, likely hirelings. So Jesus comes to to both of these fishermen families and says, follow me. And that's exactly what happens. Simon and Peter follow Jesus. They immediately left their nets and followed him. James and John immediately left their boat and followed, and their father, and followed Jesus. And all of that happened out of relationship. I just want to just I want to emphasize that uh, even though Matthew positions it as maybe a 40-day difference Jesus has been interacting with these these guys for some time. And the call the the follow me comes out of relationship and that ought to be an expression of how we do our evangelism. Follow me. And then, and, and in this process, Jesus is essentially launching and he's gathering kingdom workers. And so I just want to hit on a, a few things here. They There is this focus on Jesus. 
This is this is a highlight of Jesus's authority. Jesus calls, they follow. There's an obedience there. They understand who Jesus is, and um, they would um, share that. Uh, they would understand Jesus was calling him. He has authority. He is the king, and they will follow him. And so he enlists workers there in his kingdom. Follow me, and I will, as Mark says, I will cause you to become fishers of men. And they they follow out of this prior relationship, and they follow with a personal commitment to Jesus. And it was a distinctive call to a unique form of discipleship. We we understand at some level that um, the rabbis in that day would would be teaching and people would come to the rabbis and the rabbi and they would they would ask to follow the rabbi and they would likely pay to follow the rabbi and they would sit and they would listen to his teachings and the goal would be to one day become a rabbi themselves with their own teachings and with their own understandings and with their own interpretations. Jesus calls these men to a different kind of discipleship. They, Jesus goes to them and calls them. He seeks out them. And he teaches them, but the call is to him, not so much as teachings. The call is to him, follow me. And the, the disciples understood that they were not going to be the king, but they would be obedient to the king. And so the calling was to Jesus. The the discipleship was to Jesus, not just his teachings. And we need to we need to keep that in mind. That we are committed to Jesus and not just his teachings. And and too often we um, set up a, a theological framework, we set up a set of principles, a set of ideas, and we follow the, those ideas. But our role as followers of Jesus is to follow Jesus. It's, it's relational. It's not just propositional. It's not just textual. It's relational. Because if, if, we, if we have adherence to a set of, uh, to a text or, or theological framework, then the problem becomes when Jesus begins to, to tweak and, and when life begins to, to show um, maybe some holes in how we understand things or some of the, the um, when, when things just don't fit like we anticipate or our framework would uh, cause us to think, then what do we do? If we're beholden to the framework, then there's that potential for us to just abandon scripture and abandon relationship and abandon following Jesus altogether. If our if we are beholden to Christ, if we are beholden to the relationship, then Jesus and, and you've had this happen in your own life, right? Jesus, you you have interpreted the scripture, you've understood the scripture, you've changed but over time you've changed how you understand that scripture, you've changed how you thought about all these different um theological frameworks from eschatology to Calvinism or Arminianism or, or women pastors or whatever it is because we're beholden to the relationship and not to a framework. And if we're beholden to that framework, if we're beholden to that relationship, then Jesus can tweak and transition and inform us and shape us 
without causing us with, without that causing us to abandon it. And in essence, we live in mis- mystery when we follow relationally. And that's so important. And so I just want to just want to close with this because this is a couple of great couple of great teaching points here or a couple of great preaching points for you. Number one, Jesus begins his ministry in the darkest area, in the most broken area, in the area far away from religious life. And we need to hang out with those people too. That ought to be part of our New Year's resolution is to hang out with more sinners and hang out with more sinners where they hang out and be with them. And the second preaching point is that we are called to Jesus and not a framework and not a set of principles. We are called to Jesus. And that gives Jesus the ability and not gives him that, that, that allows us to maintain the relationship with Christ as we come to understand the scriptures differently based on our experience. So this is a this is Jesus's launching text. This is his launch for ministry. And he launches in the dark place with a call to follow him. And finally, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. It wasn't just a spiritual expression. It was a holistic transformation of people from brokenness to health, from darkness to light. And the church is called to do that as well. Grace and peace to you this week, mercies and grace and love. Have a great week.